Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In seconds. Unbelievable! And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. Uh, boys, lots to unpack. We'll just, I mean, lots to talk about. I, I don't know if this is going to be a therapy session. I don't know if this is going to be a... Uh, a positive episode, a bad, a negative episode. Lots of emotions around the Kansas basketball Jayhawks. Um, we got to get into the West Virginia loss a little bit for sure. As painful as that will be, um, but last night, a young man from Australia goes by the name of Johnny Furphy. It felt like he sparked a little energy back into this Kansas Jayhawk basketball season. Not that we we were not, we didn't blow the doors off Cincinnati. We we let them hang around. But at the end of the night, when I'm driving home from that game, I'm feeling a lot better than I did Saturday. And I think that was solely because of our guy, Johnny Furphy. Um, so B-turn, I guess I'll start with you. Is that kind of where you're at? I think Saturday, obviously, vibes were down. Not that we were super impressive on Monday, but does Furphy have you feeling decent heading into Saturday? Oh, he has me feeling great. I feel really good about this team. I know they've had a couple bad losses in conference play, but it's a competitive league. We talked about it before Big 12 play even started. Any game on the road is going to be tough. Um, so, yeah, his emergence has been great, and I don't think it's just a – little span from him it's been three games now he was great in Stillwater um and he was he was great in Morgantown so that's three straight games for him and he's doing more than just being a spot-up shooter he's boarding he's going after loose balls Bill loses his mind anytime he does anything and I think that's because he knows that's exactly what they need they need a fifth guy and AB has tweeted about it multiple times Bill Hypes him up after some, you would think, small plays, but Bill obviously loves guys that play with energy, play hard. So Furphy does more than just score, and I truly think he's the best pro prospect on this team. So you got two All-Americans that you can count on, and then you have a guy that might be the most talented player on the floor at all times next to him, taking a lot of pressure off of those two, making the spacing look a little more normal. So I feel really good about them scoring the basketball now just from his added emergence i guess yeah yeah so ab i want to go to you before we really get into it just give me your um initial thoughts are you feeling good you had big predictions about this opening five six game stretch has not gone as planned but just give me a feel for where you are at i just wanted to post this comment really quick to just show everybody that everyone every KU leaving, fan that so. said West Virginia was going to get blown out and score eight points and their next game was dead on. Um, I think I feel fine. And I don't know if I told you guys this in the text the other day, but even after Saturday, the whole game, I was thinking like, just get out of here with a win and I'm going to feel super confident about this team. Like 
we've been talking for months about the offense just struggling and not being able to put together. You go in there and put up 85 points. You got multiple guys shooting the ball well. Like it's, it's not going to happen every game, but it was something to see. And that was kind of the positive spin zone I was trying to make from that game. It's college basketball. West Virginia is probably more talented than their ranking. Uh, I know they've had a lot of injuries. Braden's been saying that for weeks now. Uh, still a really bad loss. But at the end of the day, it's still January. Still going to be fine. Ryan, your script is holding up to form. They're going to have one or two bad January losses. February, they're going to get hot. And all it takes is a good week and a half. If they go 3-0 and in their next three, we're going to consider ourselves national champion favorites again. Like, that's just how the season goes. How they, that's how they always go. So they're going to be <laughs> fine. Just be patient. Just let it all come together. Up until two and a half weeks ago, Bill was still figuring out the starting lineup. Uh, so just give them, give them a little bit of time. I said this before we recorded, and I'll say it again. Do not let the Kansas Jayhawks win Saturday names. Don't do it. If you're the Big 12, mm. do not do it. Because this team is, I, I feel like they've kind of lost their swagger a little bit. It felt like after the road win at Indiana, this team felt really good. And they've definitely started to trend down a little bit. But as you alluded to, it's a script that we've seen Bill Self follow many a times. Uh, but I will tell you that script usually includes a huge road game that kind of gets the, you know, the vibes back on track. I don't know if it'll be in Ames. I think they could obviously lose on Saturday and, and still be okay long term. It'll make things really, really hard with the schedule we'll have coming up. But I will tell you this, if they win Saturday in Ames, like A.B. said, we will be all the way back. The yeah. Twitter will be all the way back. Uh, yeah, what do you think? It's it's at Iowa State, Oklahoma State at home, Houston at home. Sheesh. Go 3-0, and I'm telling you, boys, we are not only going to feel like we're confident in winning the Big 12, but also feel confident this team can go on a run. Just, just I just – we, we always talk about, like, the difference between winning and losing a tight game, like – I wonder what it's going to look like Saturday either way. Um, and I, if you're four and three in the league with, we've talked about our second half of the <laughs> schedule. Like it is one of the hardest stretches I've ever seen as a KU fan. And that's saying a lot, like not saying we got screwed on the schedule. It's just how it kind of lined up and how many ranked teams you have and you play them twice. Um, you got Baylor twice. You got Houston twice. If we start four and three in the first seven and you still have 11 games left in the league, and half of those are probably against ranked teams. Like what – if, say, we do lose on Saturday, we're 4-3 and three in the league, what would your guys' record record prediction be? Like how many losses do you think we could end up with if we do lose on Saturday in Ames? I think you're looking at 11-7. and seven and... and you're still not even halfway through Big 12 play. You'd still have – I know. I just – I think we're, I think we're all in agreement that this team will improve. Like yeah. they just would that's one thing I can tell you is I don't know if they're going to end up being a final four team, but they're going to be better in February than they are in January. So it's like, yeah, they could be four and three, but they're not going to lose every road game on the, I mean, I should probably knock on wood here. Like this could well, be brutal. <laughs> they're not going to lo- lose every road game they have left, even though I think they're all losable. They're um, underdogs in every single game on Ken Palm, except for at K state, which is two days after we play Houston at home. <sighs> Oh so, my god, that is yeah. brutal. It's brutal. Um so yeah, I I don't know if it Saturday feels big because we we losing at West Virginia was just bad 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 and I get that it was statistically just 
insane what West Virginia did, but at the end of the day, we still lost. We got outplayed. They made the plays late in that game. We did not. And now you have to go back and steal one back. I don't know our how many points are we what what's Iowa State gonna be favored? Like two and a half, three. Ten Palm has plus five, but I have a hard time thinking wow. that it's gonna be a five point spread. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't know how you lose both of those road games like to two pretty bad teams and they were both tight games like you would think one of those goes KU's way or they find a way with all the upperclassmen they have to just win one of those like I know we just talked about before the show like the big 12 standings in the race like winning the league doesn't mean as much but losing one of those could probably be the difference losing the league at the end of the year if they do um I I wanted to talk about Furphy though on Saturday. Like if he if he goes into Ames and balls out, I know you guys are pretty sold on him, but if he goes into Ames and that hostile atmosphere and balls out, like are you sold on him just being an absolute stud the rest of the year? Uh, it I think I mean I, I think back to Ochai freshman year when we pulled the red shirt, he around this time of the year had like a couple really big games. Like, remember we went on the road and he at Texas, I can't even remember, but he had just a massive game as a freshman. But at a certain point, either fatigue or I, I, that's always my concern with freshmen. Like the season is a grind and Furphy, I mean, B-Turd, we were close up close and personal last night. That dude played his ass off he was sprinting up and down the floor he was banging for every rebound and like it he is a small he's a fragile guy like I do worry about like as hard as he plays can he play at that high of a level it would be incredible if he can I still think he's gonna be really good do I think he can go average 15 and 10 or 17 and 10 probably not I don't think we need him to but I will ask you this and this is kind of on the subject of Furphy We've been asking all year, can we get a guy like Furphy or El Marco to step up and play really good? And now we have, but it doesn't feel like... Or I guess, A.B., would you say the results are showing that it's helping? Our offense has been better, but it doesn't feel like the overall play. And we're not blowing teams out. We've lost a lot of these, two of these games where Furphy's been good. Um so, like, why is it not all clicking like we thought it would when we had that that fifth guy emerge that we've been waiting for all year? I don't know if I know the answer to that. I wonder if it's like a uh, – like not changing roles on the team, but like other guys that have been like Hunter. I mean, he's still going to have his nights, but maybe he doesn't need to go 22 and 12 every single night or Cav doesn't have to go – take 20 shots a night or 15 free throws. I don't know. Like it's, it is weird because that is what we've asked. That's all we've asked for is one of those guys to step up and then it results in a two and two stretch or a three and two stretch, whatever we're on right now. Um, I don't know. My only thing on Furphy's he's gone after this year, right? <laughs> I don't you know. laugh, dude, but I I'm know scared. we, but... we talked, I talked about this last episode. We yeah. Especially the high, State one. the high like, before this. Yeah, the hype before coming in, he's well-respected internationally. He is the perfect prototype for NBA GMs to reach on. Like, yeah, he's a tall like, shooter that is not afraid to be athletic and go rebound. It's not great on are you defense, saying? But, are you saying he's going, like, lotto or first round? Because I think he could sneak into a first round, but... 
I don't and know about Lotto, but it's a weak draft. I know. You're but telling I'm me saying, there's not going to be one GM if he goes and tests the waters, guarantee him a first round selection. I know, but I also wonder if does he look at NIL opportunity? I mean, he's a star. We tweeted from our pod today, like Alan Pillows loves that dude. That guy will make a ton of money in NIL. So it's like, is it a situation where they're like, okay, yeah, you could go 30th in the draft with a lot of young potential, or you could come back. Kevin McCuller's gone. You replace his production next year. You average 20 and 10, 20 and nine. You're a great shooter. You're an all American. Now you're going top 10. Like that's the route for me. If I'm Johnny Furphy, but we are way ahead of ourselves because he's had, he's been good, but he's been good. And he's just, he's just a picture perfect NBA wing. Yeah. I mean, he could be a guy that, he could be a guy that doesn't even really produce at a high level the rest of the year, and a team still takes a chance on him. Mm-hmm. Like he has that potential, and he just showed it in a three-game stretch in the toughest league in the country. So I just I feel really good about this team because think about all the good wins that we have that we've talked about all year. We beat some of the best teams in the country, and that was with two or three guys in the starting lineup that don't even look to score. Now you add Furphy, who wasn't really even a part of those games. You got Tennessee, you got UConn, you got Kentucky. Like he wasn't even making an impact and they still found a way to win those games because you got two all American type players, like I said, and now you have an emerging star. Like Ryan said, literally star. I think, I really do think he will, he'll go pro this year. Um, But you have him now, an added score. I think that'll make make it easier on Juan. It obviously makes the spacing a lot better. I think Juan's gonna have his assists are gonna take an uptick. Like he's gonna have open looks. And even if Furphy does go through a stretch where he struggles to score or whatever, like teams are gonna have to respect him defensively and get out and guard him. Um, so it's gonna help the other guys and they're gonna produce even more. But I think the ceiling is really high on this team because you got two All-Americans and, like I said, Furphy, probably the most talented player on the floor at all times, and I think he's the best pro prospect on the team. So his emergence has me feeling really good, at least offensively, about this team. Can you imagine if he wasn't emerging right now? Like, imagine this last two weeks, how down we would feel. Um Okay. So can I, will you, can I will you something pin... up about oh, the yeah. defense that we, it's kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about? Uh, the old defense once top ten in Ken Palm has dropped to twenty fifth. What? We are not. We don't rank well on anything. Twenty seventh offense, twenty fifth defense, nineteenth overall. Wow, I thought we were still a top ten defense. I guess no, West. It happened over. after Westfall put up ninety and hit every shot they took. Um, I like. I like the last question someone just asked about KJ. Our guy? Because, yeah, Connor, thanks for listening always. Um, I Furphy has been outstanding on the glass since he got in the starting lineup at Oklahoma State. Um, this weekend in Morgantown, I forget how many he had. And then last night, obviously, career high, 11 rebounds. So it, it, it's a fair question because – what is KJ? I guess what is his role? Is it any different from when El Marco was starting? Um, because it's not like KJ has been this like crazy, consistent, outstanding rebounder. Like obviously he can leap and get up with the best of them. But you think Furphy starting kind of makes it easier on KJ, or does it kind of diminish his role? Because I think now, it 
the future. I think he really needs to be our second ball handler or second distributor. Um, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I've said it a few <laughs> times now. Like, who else is going to do it? We've seen KJ bring the ball up in transition many times. Like, he seems at least comfortable doing so. Yeah. No one else on the roster does. So, KJ's just – he's the dude that's going to – I mean, he's just always going to be great. You guys know how I feel about that, man. Like, Is he – is Furphy at three starts now? He's, it was his first start at Oklahoma State? Mm, I'm pretty no, sure. No, it was at home. It was OU. OU? Oh, I'm well, pretty sure. He, he only played 19 minutes in that game. Oh, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, you're Someone right. in the chat, was. Oklahoma State? No, it was at OU because I remember him being announced OU at home. as starter. Um, uh, but I was going to say his last three, he has seven, seven, and 11 boards. Like he does a ton. He gives KU a bunch of extra possessions. Last night he got that offensive board, got it out to Juan, sat in the corner, splashed a three. Yeah, I mean the KJ question's interesting. I saw someone, I can't remember which – KU Twitter account it was, but they were tweeting about like talking about KJ not starting and like if he would be more beneficial off the bench. I mean, it's well, crazy. To start. That's yeah, not he, happening. KJ is going to start. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't a real question. But I think it's what we've said all year about KJ. He just fits. He's an odd fit for mm-hmm. this basketball team and probably a lot of basketball teams because can't shoot He's like a six foot five center, but is now playing the four. He's got that mid range. Yeah. Hey, he's hit a couple <laughs> jumpers. Um, but I don't know. I can't. I got to think Furphy would help KJ. I just think Furphy helps everybody with spacing. Like mm-hmm. El Marco, he wasn't a threat from shooting outside either. So you, at, at, there were times where we had Dewan who won't even look to try and score. You have El Marco who won't isn't looking to try and score so it's like i I'm think that hurts kj too because there's no lanes for him to cut or opportunities to dribble and dish to a guy like furphy i don't know it'd be interesting to go back and watch all of furphy's threes and see like what who those passes are coming from yeah because now there's not really it felt like maybe there was stress on kj to score it before you know now he can kind of just be that um, Mark play that Mark Vital role that we always talk about, dude. I mean, it's cra- he's averaging 13 points a game. Like KJ yeah. is, mm-hmm. KJ is not the best fit in the world, but he's gonna go get you 13. He's getting you double digit points every night. And you just talked about El Marco and Juan literally not looking at the rim. Like Marquette just bullied them in that game in Maui. And I was just talking about it earlier about their resume. Like it's one of the better resumes in the country they've beaten some really good teams with those guys starting now it's a completely different team in my opinion like and i was just looking furphy has been tied for the lead or had the most rebounds in the last three games for ku he had the most against morgan or against west virginia he had the most last night and then he was tied for the most in stillwater so teams they're gonna be i think they're gonna be a really tough out in march i know it's only january but I think KU's going to kill people on the boards with Furphy in the lineup. Cause like El Marco, we think he's going to be a good player, but what was he really doing um, at a high level for KU? Like, yeah. he, cause he wasn't boarding. He wasn't diming. He wasn't. It scoring. is crazy to think we won the amount of games we won with El Marco playing all the minutes. Furphy's going to do two to three thing, two to three things every night, like at an elite level, he's going to board, 
he's going to score and he's going to be able to shoot it too. So I, I don't know if this is crazy, but do you think Furphy has the chance to be the best player overall player on this team by the end of the year, or is it always going to be Kev? I don't think he's good enough defensively to make up for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, he might be the most it. talented, but like Kev's one of currently one of two guys to average 20 points a night under self. This KU is what I least. said after the West Virginia game when we were all really excited about Furphy. It was still concerning to me that it's like, yeah, it's great that he's stepping up, but it's still scary to be like, the only chance this team has is if Johnny Furphy's really good because we saw late in the West Virginia game, he made some freshman mistakes, gave yeah. up a couple offensive rebounds. Even at times, I feel like last night he kind of got uh, – signal out like they were running some isos at him and he was getting i don't know i don't think he was horrible defensively but there were definitely times where you could tell he's just a little behind the guy like i mean not even close to the level of like kevin mcculler so he's I'm still sure that's why el marco was starting for a while yeah i think it is like it el marco was doing those little minor things maybe a little better and i'm sure if bill like doesn't know who to start he's just picking the guy that plays better defense every time like that's how bill self thinks um so, yeah, I don't know. Furphy, I don't think he'll be the best player on this team, but God, man, he could be – he's got to be your Christian Brown the way that, you know, you got to assume Kevin's kind of your Ochai, the guy that's going to go get you 20, and Hunter yeah. should be your March Dave, and then Johnny's got to be the guy that just brings the energy, the Christian Brown. Um, it didn't who's, even feel who's like the Dewan on that team? That was a great segue. If you scroll back up and pin Cole Pete's comment, I, it's it's disrespectful, but it's a it's kind of funny. <laughs> we got to talk. Boom, boom, later. We got to talk about the one because it's not. There's a lot of things we were just talking before we started the episode. Is Dewan clearly having a worse year this year than he had the year before? Absolutely. Has he regressed? Yes, but. The slander, like it's, it's so weird. Ab, I think you summed it up really well. Like it feels like you either have to hate Dewan and say that he sucks, or you have to defend him to every level and be like, hey, he won a national championship. He's great. Like he's one of the best point guard. He does all the good things. I think right now we're just kind of in the middle. He's struggling. He's shooting forty-one percent from on layups. He's he's not the same Dewan that we've seen in the past year, but. Are we all feeling good that Dewan will start to figure this out? Like, is Furphy emerging going to help that? I I feel good about it. I don't know when it'll be, yeah. but it's not it's the stuff that I've seen on Twitter where it's like, I mean, people are back to doing what they did in 2022 prior to him being the starting point guard in the national title team. And it's just weird. He he has a weird effect. So, I don't know. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on Dewan. Yeah, I mean, I'm still in on him. I think it's hard to be out on him completely, first of all, because – who the hell else is going to play point guard for us? Um, which could be part of the problem. Definitely is part of the problem, regardless of how good he is. But um, he'll figure it out. Furphy's definitely going to help him. Uh, I don't know. I, you, we're we're going to have the same conversation with him every time we watch him play basketball, that he's too unselfish. Like At this point, I think we all have to realize that's probably not going to change a whole lot. Like He is what he is, and he's been awesome, and we love him. And from the minute he stepped on the court as a Jayhawk, I think all three of us said, this guy's going to be something. It was in that weird tournament and COVID season, and no one was there, and he got like 
force like three turnovers in the first five minutes. Like, yeah, he's going to be fine. But I think we also have to bring up the reality of that. And this doesn't mean everything. And guys prove it wrong all the time. It's not like he was this five-star point guard that we brought in. It's not like he was a dude that could have chosen wherever the hell he wanted to go in college. Like, he made his way to KU and it worked out great. He's been awesome. He's going to continue to be great and be the point guard of this team for another year and a half. But I do think sometimes we forget that he was never supposed to be like this saving grace player of the year kind of talent. He's always been, and this works when you're at KU because you're always going to have talent. He's always been the guy that's almost there to fit in, a game manager almost, like Brock Purdy. He's He looks awesome. He's got Alex so Smith. much talent around him. Alex Smith, like we can't think of this guy like he's Mahomes. We got to think of him like he's your game manager because that's probably his peak, especially with all the guys around him. And that may, I don't want that to sound like a slight to him because we, he did that in 2022 and they won a national championship. He did it last year. They were a one seed should have been Midwest won the conference. Like also he got, who people he forget he got hurt in the Arkansas game and the game flipped when yep. he rolled his ankle in that Arkansas game. So like people, yeah. people forget that he is now seventh all time most assists in Kansas basketball history. Yeah. And so in people's defense, saying, like those numbers are crazy. And so it does make you be like, all right, dude, this is technically your senior year. This is mm-hmm. the second half of your senior year. You're a top 10 assist guy. Like expectations should be high for the Harris. Tyshawn uh, in the house. Yeah. Um, he just passed the GOAT from Hoboken. Um, Tyshawn finished with. Finishes KU career four year starter with five seventy five. Um, Dewan's at five eighty five, and he might be back for another year. I mean, at the at the end of this year, he'll probably be top five assist leader in KU history. So it's pretty wild. But yeah, like AB said, you can't expect a ton out of him, and it's not like this is a guy that has changed his role. Like this is just who he is. This is how he thinks. This is how he's played since he was a kid. You can ask. CV or any of his teammates like he's super unselfish he wants to get everyone involved it's gotten him in trouble a couple times this year um and I was gonna say he had one turnover in the past three games until last night he turned it over five times still had eight assists but I I love him and he is a huge reason I think that we won a national title in 2022 people can say he didn't score but there's a guy by the name of Caleb Love who was on a crazy tournament run that year they played in the 8-9 game, and he went nuts, held him to 5 for 24 from the floor. And yeah. Bill said it after the game, like, you changed the game to Dewan Harris. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a reason why Bill Self hasn't recruited over him, um, hasn't really went crazy after point guards in the portal. Like, yeah, you could play a point guard next to him, but there's a reason he's starting. Uh, multiple year starter, like, like Tyshawn, like, Tyshawn got some shit too. Elite point guard, ended up being an All-American, helping KU get to a national title game. Bill Self, I'm pretty sure, knows what he's doing. Like, there's a reason DeJuan starts. Um, Bill's the best coach in America. I I just don't know what else you expect. Like, yeah, he probably should shoot it more. He's probably forcing too many passes, and he has to be better around the rim. Like, Yeah, and he – like, (laughs) there's no way he's going to keep shooting 41% at the rim like on layups um it's almost like he wants to pass too much if that makes i mean we've watched him for years now like so i don't know if it gets in his head 
that he needs to score more when he's around the rim or he feels like maybe there's pressure on him to finish. Um, but he can, he can't make a layup right now. He had a wide open layup last night that hit off the glass, like didn't hit the rim. Yeah. That, that I, I think I turned to you last night and said that just looked like a mental type miss. Like, uh, but I agree with definitely got to be better. Cole right there just said like, Oh, that's true. But I agree. Like you're now the senior point guard, you're a top 10 statistical type guy. Now is the time. Like it's, we're getting to that point where, and you mentioned it, the national title game, you felt Dewan Harris's presence. He wasn't scoring, but you felt his defensive presence. You felt the pressure. You, he throws the lob to David McCormick. Like you, Dewan Harris, and that's happened so many times over the years where Dewan gets back-to-back deflections or back-to-back steals where it creates energy for the stars around him, right? It's your example with Brock Purdy, Alex Smith, like doing those little things to help the stars around you play better or what Dewan has to do. And I have not felt that these last few weeks with him or really even all year of like him doing those little Dewan energy things. (laughs) that help the other guys then score more. And so I feel like it's got to, I, I think he's just in a funk guys do this. Um, do you think he's yeah. pressing still? It probably doesn't help that. I people was say are... yes, but the la- like I said, the last three games before last night, he had one turnover mm-hmm. um, and pressing. I don't know. Like what would you consider pressing for him? Cause he's still, well, not, I'm, he's still maybe not, not him, but like the whole team in general, like they're still, they're just, I don't think if you put truth serum and all the guys on the roster, they would tell you that this team has been as good as they thought they were going to be going into the year. Look, Hunter yeah. Dickinson before the season started was quoted as saying, we mm-hmm. like having the number one next to us because we want everyone to know how good we are. Or we want everyone to know that we're the best team in the country. Like this team expected big things. And to be honest, other than, I mean, has there been a game where they've looked like the best team in the country? Like they beat UConn. At the home, first, we the kind first of half that. against UConn was a yeah. level because even Kentucky, and, we were down double digits at one point. Like yeah. I, I at some at one point, I thought that game was over, and then yeah, mm-hmm. our stars really took over. But so I, I think, just wonder if it's like he's just they're not living up to the expectations they set for themselves or other people set them up for, and maybe they're I just mean, all trying to do a little much. I don't know. It's crazy to think what Dewan Harris did against Kentucky. Yeah, dude, he scored twenty three point, and it's like. Anytime he's open um, on the perimeter, I just think about that game and the Villanova game in the Final Four. Like Juan stepped into some big-time shots against Nova, and he wasn't shooting at all that year. He was the perfect point guard that year where it was like anytime Nova tried to even punch back at all, it felt like Dewan was just kind of the silent assassin that would make a play or hit a shot. And, yeah, I I forgot all about that Kentucky performance. It is crazy to think that guy (laughs) – It's the same guy that we've been out here watching that's just kind of – even the shots he takes, he hesitates before he takes them. Like, it is like a thing. (laughs) His brain is struggling to want to take shots, and it's weird. Um, Can I bring up something that a couple people have mentioned in the comments and you mentioned before we started? mm -hmm. He's probably better off playing 30 minutes a night. Yep. And And the problem is – it's just not possible with this roster. Like it has to be. It would have to be El Marco being able to become like mm-hmm. a really solid backup. And yeah, because if you look back at that tournament run, he didn't ever play more than thirty minutes a single game. Uh, and so 
Not that I think he should be playing less than 30, but like I think 30, 33, I, I know that's probably not changing anything. But if you could go get 10 really good backup point guard minutes from El Marco or. But that's probably the thing is Bill knows he can't get that. I know. So Juan yeah. has to be on the floor and there's no one off the bench that can really come in and run the offense. Like he, DeWan's been a part of the system for a while. He trusts him to come in, take care of the ball, get everyone in their sets. Um, I just don't know who off the bench can even come in and contribute really at all. Like, did we score a bench point last night? I remember uh, at one point. Very, we there. did very late because there were jokes like about us finally having two bench yeah. points. Who would that have been? <clears throat> did Parker ever score? No, was it Timberlake? Did he shoot free throws? Yeah, I think they were. <laughs> no, El Marco, El Marco yeah, yeah, made free two throws. free throws. Yeah. Was. Uh, I think those were clutch free up. throws too. Yeah, so that brings up another topic. Like El Marco, where where are we at with him? This I know that we've wanted this Furphy emergence to happen, but it also feels like it's almost like pushed El Marco's chance of having any sort of breakout this year way down like I, I I think I asked you this last night and maybe it's crazy to the people in the chat but who would you rather have in the game if you had to pick El Marco or Timberlake and why <laughs> I think it's and Timberlake chat, because chat Timberlake, too. Timberlake will go out and at least try to get you a bucket El Marco I mean dude he is just this last Cardio. couple of weeks, he yeah, it's the joke we've been making. Like he is just running up and down the court. He is not providing anything statistical. I mean, Nick Timberlake had a good game against Oklahoma State. He had a good game against West Virginia. It El Marco, and now I don't know defensively. El Marco probably better than Timberlake. I think I saw a comment. I don't know what happened last night with Timberlake himself, but <laughs> there were definitely rumblings that those two got in like had word not words but like maybe self didn't like the way Timberlake responded to him somehow um so that's certainly not great but yeah it's El Marco we we do what I can tell you is we do not need another guard that will not look at the basket we do not need that and just and Nick and Justin Nick it Timberlake at UCF a lot. like <laughs> yeah. they they ran that zone and it was just Dewan and El Marco passing back to each other around the perimeter like that was insane. There was three guys on the floor that, like, I thought we were never going to see man to man defense the rest of the year after that game. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I mean, I guess going back to AB's point about the preseason takes, like, yeah, I think Hunter was, Hunter was talking about going undefeated. Um, and it's, I hate talking about this still, but I think a lot of that factored into someone that isn't on the team anymore. Um, yeah. That's also on Bill, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then but I was gonna say I was thinking about this today, is I talked about like us kind of wasting a scholarship could have got someone else like a guy that's played um, legit college basketball minutes and scored. What if it ends up being a blessing that we didn't? Because now you see the emergence of Furphy, and I know Bill said he was gonna play this year, but what if if like if he stays and he would have got a transfer Furphy's minutes would have been limited this year what if Furphy ends up being the star that i know it sounds crazy he's a freshman but he ends up being like this first round lottery guy that ends up being a stud the rest of the year and we might have not seen him this year maybe it ends up being a blessing i don't know yeah i mean it, it 
Furphy's for sure a blessing. I could, I could not believe today when I realized that Furphy, not only did he just kind of fall in our lap, he fell in our lap on August 4th. He committed on August 4th. And here we are. But uh, I don't. I just say, worry. Go yeah, go ahead. I, well, I, was, just gonna, I was looking down. I, I've got a stat on El Marco. Uh, in the Wichita State game, Marco went five for ten from the floor, took ten shots. In the six games since, he's taken ten total shots. He's three at ten from the field. And obviously, the minutes in that game were twenty-seven. He hadn't played more than twenty-five in a game since, but still, like we've been saying, cardio. And what sucks is I think all of us were really optimistic about him after that game. Obviously, it's against a lesser opponent, yeah. but I think we it was like we just needed to see something, and we hadn't really seen it from Furphy yet. Like we were excited about him, but. He wasn't doing near mm-hmm. what he's doing now. We finally saw it, and then I don't know. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. It it just sucks because it's like, how do you? We've said it. Dewan's going to play close to forty minutes a game. You, Furphy playing like he played last night. You can't take him off the court. So it's like, where's the time going to be for El Marco to try and find his? his stride or to try and figure it out. And it's happened. Guys have figured it out, but man, it just feels like he chose a really bad time to go in this. I mean, I would, I think we would all agree. Like these last couple of weeks have been the worst stretch of El Marco's entire season, like worse than he was early in the year. So it's just concerning to me because we still, as we say, you don't need a ton of depth. We never have depth in March. Bill doesn't really care about that. Mm-hmm. But you at least want to have one guy off the bench, a guard that you can trust. And Tim, it may have to be Timberlake, but I'm not feeling great about either of those guys. If one of them's chirping Bill Self and the other one not even looking to try to score, it's like, yikes. You know, it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I don't know where I feel about how I feel about this team. I really don't. We're going to learn a lot in the next couple of weeks. I and I think I think the pressure on Juan and kind of the hate towards him will die down because, like I said, there is less pressure on him. You have another added score around you. It kind of I feel like our fans just thought we needed another capable score outside of Kev and Hunter. And now I think Juan will get less hate because we're going to be able to score it easier. I think we have three really good scores now. And KJ is always going to be solid. He'll finish around the rim. He's been knocking down clutch free throws, but I think I don't think there will be as much hate for Juan because you're going to see a more fluid offense. You're going to see his assist totals go up, and hopefully, um, still be a lockdown defender. I don't know how good he's been defensively this year. I don't really see like metrics or anything or how to find that out. So I don't know how good he's been. Someone in the chat said he hasn't been good this year. So. But I think that'll go down, and I don't know if that makes the hate will go down. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but now that our offense doesn't need score like another score, I think Juan will be satisfied. I guess is what I'm trying to say with Juan the rest of the year, and you can't honest, expect him to score it. I don't yeah. think it has. In, I mean, maybe it does win, but I don't think it has as much to do with how he's playing. It's the fact that they're just losing games and keeping bad teams close. Like they're losing mm-hmm. bad games. And when that happens, fan bases that are as crazy as this one are going to find the low-hanging fruit and attack the guy that they seem to be struggling. But my the one thing I'll say on all of this, 
is the guy in charge is in his 21st year at Kansas. He's widely considered the best college basketball coach in the country, one of the greatest of all time. Yes. I promise you that he knows more than the three of us combined and every KU Twitter person out there tweeting what KU should do and what lineup should be and what guys should shoot and what guys playing well and what guys not. I promise Bill knows more than we do, and he's going to get it figured out. And that's kind of what I'm sticking to at this point. Just trust that you have multiple All-Americans, a guy that's going to be potentially a future lottery pick, and a, we have, and that's not even mentioning All-time KJ or one. Like, like we're going to be fine. It may be bumpy. It has been bumpy. Just trust the talent and the coaching staff because nine times out of ten they make it work. And this is this team's too talented to be yeah. looked back on as the worst team in the Bill Self era, which they're currently tracking which, to be as far as at least analytics go. Like they're yeah, too talented yeah. for that to be. Yeah, good. that that's what I was. I don't want to hear like it's too early for Ken Palm though, Ryan, because it's mid. No, 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 that's okay, not what good. I was going to do. I, <laughs> relax, you went to relax. that earlier, and I was like, I don't oh, want to no, hear. I, it. I, I texted you Saturday. I texted you Saturday and said hashtag Ken Palm was right. Like, I'll never doubt him again. Ken Palm mm-hmm. was right and still is right about this team. Uh, never too early for Ken Palm for God, Anthony Bax. Oh, no, I got Anthony Bax having an aneurysm too. over Ken Palm. I can't remember mm-hmm. what I was going to say. No, but uh, like AB said, KJ, like KJ, KJ's been one of our best players in some of our bigger games. Like UConn, he was unreal. And then DeWan is going to be maybe the all-time assist leader, top two. So I, I still feel – fine about the team in general like here yeah here's what i was gonna say is i started like i looked back a little bit on past games where past teams that have lost that bad of a game on saturday like i think that was a ken palm top 10 loss of the bill self era right i think something like that um so i was like man like that to me was concerning because yes did 2022 kansas struggle at times 100%, but they didn't lose to a team like that. They got blown out at home against Kentucky, but that was a really good Kentucky team. Did, uh, did like the 2017 teams, like teams that, but then you think about the teams like 2019 Diedrich, or what was that? Yeah, 2019 Diedrich, uh, the Kelly Oubre teams. Those teams that were not good were losing bad games. Like that Diedrich team lost at West Virginia to a horrible West Virginia team. So I kind of started thinking like, man, what if that's just like a trend? Like that are, are teams that really just aren't good that are going to get blown out in the second round. I'm getting there. AB are going to get blown out in the second round. Like maybe that's a trend. They lose the bad teams. Whereas the other teams, they, they struggle at times, but they find a way to get past it. But I keep getting back to the point that you just made. You both have been making Kevin McCuller. They have Hunter Dickinson. They have a national, a guy that started a national championship game and they have an emerging freshman star. Like, it's just different than those other teams I laid out that were really young. Like, the Diedrich team was Diedrich, and then two freshmen, one freshman of which, like, Grimes was bad. Um, This team is not young. This team is going to be fine. They're going to compete in every – I mean – they may get a one seed and then win every single game of the tournament by less than three points. But like, that's the thing they're, they're going to be in every game by the time we get to March. And so it's just, it sounds like talking about the chiefs. I, yeah, yeah I, I have a point to I make on what you just said though, because you were going through teams that struggled and mm-hmm. like, trust me, there've been plenty of them. I went back to 2018 final mm-hmm. four team. That team lost a game at sprint center to number 98, Washington. 
They lost at ten or lost by ten at home to number forty nine Arizona State. They lost uh, to Texas Tech at home by twelve, and they oh lost God. at home oh. to fifty nine Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State fifty nine. They got swept by them that year and got blown out in Stillwater. So like there have been teams that have struggled with mediocre at best conference non conference teams, whatever you want to say, and have gone on to have success in March. And it takes. Yeah. A guy in the lineup, a guy off the bench to finally hit his stride, particularly a wing that can shoot the ball and make threes in volume. Uh, Malik Newman, Johnny Furphy comparison right there. Uh, they're not dead yet. They're and it takes dead. experience, too. Like yeah, it, and that team was loaded with it. Exactly. And the Diedrich team was not. There was nobody on that Diedrich team that was able to be in the locker room being like, guys, it's fine. We we do this, but we're going to figure it out. It felt like that team kind of just collapsed. Like, Dope got hurt. The Ubre team started. Yeah, the ain't no seats curse started. <laughs> Cole Cole probably went to too many games that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> Poor guy. I agree. Like I thought, AB. You know, I admit, I tweeted. I acted like a toddler on Saturday. Like I was very annoyed we lost that game, and it wasn't about. I wish like, we could have gone live that day. Oh, it would have been bad. It wasn't about – I was have. more mad that, like, the shooting is one thing. You can give up a bunch of threes, and that sucks. But, like, their center, who averaged, like, four points a game, scored, like, 20 points. And then, like, late in the game, we're giving up offensive rebounds. We're not executing. Like, I was annoyed at those things that we let this terrible West Virginia team just play better at us, better than us in the final minutes. Yeah. Um, but I have sensed – Calm down. Johnny Furphy has arrived, and I have done my studying, and we're fine because we have experience. That's got one that's more question conclusion. for you on that whole thing. How much? I guess I want to hear your process because uh, I saw you tweeted, I think Sunday, that you were finally watching the Oklahoma State game. Mm-hmm. I want to know the process that your brain went through Saturday night, Sunday morning, whenever it was, to get you to like watch that game. Was it a I want to cleanse my mouth of that bad loss we just saw on Saturday and watch them blow another bad team out? Or was it I simply just want to see what happened in this game? Because you might I think you'd care more about KU basketball than I do. Um mm-hmm. I don't know that I would go back and watch a game that we controlled from the starting tip to the final buzzer. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to go back. Like, if I miss a game, I don't miss very many of them. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to go back and at least watch, like, an extended YouTube highlight. But it was kind of a moment of, like, I was so down about the team Saturday. And then, you know, you calm down after a loss. You you start to come back to life a little bit and have real, you know, actual human thoughts and not acting like a toddler. Uh, And so I was like, well, this team just played really good against Oklahoma state. And so like my eyes, my brain never got to see that. I never got to see them look really good. So I was like, I need to just go watch that game and remind myself that they could still play at a high level. And they did, they were sick. And then I saw KJ make two jumpers in that game. Nobody told me that happened. And my whole life changed. KJ Adams making jumpers is you know, lottery pick. It's a modern yeah. day Dieter's lost. The what the West Virginia thing too is like we we played well like from a scoring standpoint. And there's probably no meltdown if we just squeak by and win by one. Like if they don't they don't call that foul that Bill almost had an aneurysm on. Um but your mindset's probably completely different. But yeah, I wanted to talk about just how many teams 
have been the worst Bill Self team, according to KU fans. Like, there's got to be seven different teams. Even it's the 20, most annoying tweet. 2018, Devontae, they made the Final Four. They were saying don't deserve to wear the Kansas jersey. Um, 2022, a week before March Madness, we lost to TCU, and it was the biggest meltdown of all time. 2020, we lost to Duke. Like, first game of the year. Oh, yeah. We ended up losing two more. People <laughs> freaked out. Jeff Goodman pulls the classic Goodman saying Kansas can't win it all this year. Thanks, Jeff. There's 360 fucking teams in the country. Full <laughs> prediction that one team's not going to win six straight. I, I just don't um, know if Kansas can win. That's <laughs> oh. so gross. Um, but Oh, boy. Yeah, it's. I mean, 2019, I don't think – I guess – Doak was on that team, but I I don't think this team's worse than 2019 at all. No, this team would cook 2019. That's the thing. Like this team, they're just different. It, it goes back they, to like the experience thing and like having dudes that that team was so far from. We were lying to ourselves when we were pretending that they were going to figure it out. Like, what would the spread be if these two teams played this year in 2019 without Doak? I could figure that out actually. Even with Doke, really. Has, it was one. fresh it was freshman dot. Q wasn't playing well. Um Mark did Marcus start? Uh it would have been the, dot three. No, it would have been Oach. What yeah, if I Oach told you? pulled his red shirt and ended up starting? That's freshman yo Oach. Yeah. Dave ended up being the starting five in the tournament. Yeah. What if I told you the oh, 2018 oh, Kansas basketball Jayhawks would have been favored against the current Kansas basketball Jayhawks, according to KenPalm.com? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say what? that the way analytics hate us. I don't have an actual number, but they're slightly better efficiency rating wise. Like it's like 21.57 to 20.86 or something like that. Yeah, it, there's also a website called What If Sports that's fun if you guys want to like dive down a dark rabbit hole of games that your team should have won to see if they oh. would have moved on. I did do that. This has been five years. Plugged in 07 KU football, 07 Oklahoma football, Big 12 championship. KU won that game nine times out of 10. I simulated Big 10 times, for, right? And then they'd go to a national right. championship. What about uh, that's KU, just a sad, what about KU Oregon Elite Eight? Who would have won that game, maybe? Oh my god, dude, no. My, I, I don't. I do think this team's better than the nineteen team. By the way, I just want to check and see. But they, well, they wouldn't blow them out. They don't blow the, anybody out. They blew the, Mike Boynton out. Good for them. But who else have they blown out? The finished product in nineteen Oklahoma? was pretty bad. Like LeGerald, LeGerald and Doke didn't finish the year. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, guess like you think the preseason roster. Yeah. But the 2019 was kind of like they beat a lot of good teams that year. Like they were undefeated, ranked number one. Mm-hmm. For a while, that was just a weird year. I think the team people forget, and it's not really fair because it was COVID year. But like the 2021 team sucked, dude. And they were they won bad. It the next year. Yeah, they were bad. They lost by 57 points to USC. But I wanted to talk about like um, a point Rye has made before, and it's just sleepwalking through the games. Like I really. I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but it just, they look bored some nights and it makes sense because you go back to Eastern Illinois, UMKC, like those games are somehow close late and you can just tell there's no energy. Like they're just dead. So feels like a bunch of college players that have been around for a while that 
maybe they're looking forward towards the end of the year. Um, I know Bill's going to get them fired up and coach them up regardless, but I still feel like they're sleepwalking a lot. And I think, I mean, think about those five guys in the starting lineup, how hard they play and how hard they compete. Kev, Dewan, Hunter, KJ, Furphy, like they're going to, Imagine how hard those dudes are going to play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's why I just – I feel good. Like, Kevin McCuller is going to be a gamer in March. Hunter Dickinson, I he's just going to get his. I don't uh, – Dewan's going to be better. Like, we're going to be fine. But it is a little also concerning that, like, Bill last night is talking about how Kevin's got a hurt knee and Hunter had a hurt knee after UCF and Dewan's playing 40 minutes. It's like – or is this schedule going to have this team limping into March? But Bill always brings up the point that I also forget. March timeouts are longer. TV timeouts are longer. Like everything about March gives you more time to rest, which can be a bad thing and can be a good thing. But like, I don't know. It. I think we're going to be fine. I just, I'm not as certain as I have been in other years. I was really bad at predicting when you were done with your sentence there. Sorry. Uh, my bad. Um, <laughs> is it too early to ask a bracketology question? Never. Would you rather be the one seed in LA or the one seed or the two seed in Detroit? Oh we have this God. question every year. Who's the Detroit. one seed in Detroit? Purdue. Home game season for them. I think but. Purdue's. I I don't know. Me and me and B Turn were talking about this last night. Like. Part of me thinks Purdue's just going to like have their redemption year when the Natty, but then part of me is like, I don't believe in those young guards that, I don't know. If it happens again first weekend, oh my God. I, th- I think I lean towards one seed LA. It's worked out for us before. Was yeah. that in L.A.? Or was that Anaheim? Couldn't have been L.A. if UCLA was playing in it, but it was next door. When we lost to UCLA? I knew that was an 07 yeah. joke. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that like – was it Anaheim or San Jose or something stupid It like was that? something that's within – That was an all-time, that was an all-time screw job. Was Chris Reynolds behind that one? Yep. Probably. Probably. Competitiveness. Do we have uh, any – chat and you guys, do we have any nicknames for Johnny Furphy? The Furf Dog. It's already trademarked. I saw Kansas, also, Kansas I think it, it happened because I said Murph dog at Ryan's house like a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, like my dog's name stuff. is Murphy, and like I think I have to change the name to Furphy. Like I think I got to get him a jersey <laughs> and just go all in on Furphy until we win the national title. Um, mm-hmm. But Furf dog's great. I love B turn. use I love John. Just calling him John when he's That's playing so really funny, good. <laughs> like John he is Furf. such a Johnny to have all of a sudden him be John. I love <laughs> he, it. And it's like John is one of those names that it's it's an old person name. Like you gotta be you gotta be 30, 35 to have the name John, I feel like. Otherwise you sound like you're that old. Johnny is but he he looks especially young, so I'm gonna crack up at John. <laughs> John Furphy. Um I saw Kansas Kangaroo, someone called him that. Yeah. Thoughts. I don't hate it. I've seen a lot of fur three. Don't like that as much. Well, not a that, not that a nickname. Roll off the tongue, but a tweet. Mm-hmm. Not a nickname, but a maybe like a t-shirt or Eddie, about... Eddie Furphy in the chat. <laughs> I mean, now we're just I mean, rhyming. What about uh, taking uh, 
taking one from AI since, you know, we've been asking for outside shooting. We've been asking for someone to step up. Is he the answer? Capital T, capital A. You want to know how I thought you were talking like chat GPT, artificial intelligence, not oh, Ron no. Iverson. Like he's yeah, no seriously, longer AI. I haven't thought about that. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I, the answer, the oh, wonder wow. from down, at, down under, that's a good one. Uh, but I think it just, it goes back. It's, it's the furf dog. Furf dog is what flew off my tongue the first time I called it. And I've been sticking to that since. Oh, okay. Chiefs, chiefs, chiefs. Also subscribe. We haven't said that yet. Oh yeah. Please. For the love of God, subscribe people. We got to get to a thousand. Um, so please subscribe and send to a friend, tell them to subscribe, maybe create a couple burners. You also subscribe. We'll get there. Like a pyramid scheme, boys. Yes. Um, I think that's all I got. You know, I, I don't know if this was the therapy session I needed. I, I think I'm fairly feeling good about this team, but like I said, I'm I'm still unsure. I think Saturday, like you said, Saturday. I don't want to overreact to Saturday because there will still be so much time, but I think Saturday is gonna tell us a lot about this team. Yeah, because um, even even if they play well and lose a tight one, like it's going to be meltdown city, because you got yeah. you're four and three in the league. Um, so I just I would say don't overreact if they do play well but barely lose in a tough environment. I think it'll tell us a lot about them offensively. Obviously, Iowa State's one of the best teams defensively in the country, so it'll tell us a lot. Furphy, it's a big test for him. Toughest environment he's played in. I'm sure it's an atmosphere that Hunter Dickinson will thrive in. Sorry, the someone thing. just commented J.P. Lossman in the chat, and I never thought we'd see a J.P. Lossman drop in a ain't no seat. So, in Can I remind – Josh Allen's better than Mahomes. Great I just forgot about this, guys. Last year, the Kansas Jayhawks on January 17th lost at K-State. They then lost at home to TCU by 23 points. Mm -hmm. They then lost at Baylor. They lost three straight games in January. And then they went, at, they went at Kentucky. And then they beat K-State at home. We're feeling good. And then we turn around, we lose again to Iowa State. Like, we lost four out of six games in this kind of same window as we did last year. And then the boys got hot to go on and win the Big 12. So... That's a great point. Like you were saying, B-Turn, Saturday's going to feel really, really big. But even if we lose, <laughs> it's still not over. We're not dead. Can I uh, – two more points. We haven't talked about it at all. We don't have to talk about it much. Uh, Jordan Peterson gone, KU football. And Deshaun Warner, 67th overall in the country. That's fucking insane. It's crazy. And the monster. The Peterson thing sucks. Um but it it's amazing to see amazing to see all the players like it wasn't a situation where they were like let's follow him or anything it was more like all right like and in his defense it sounded like this was like the only job he would ever possibly take it's, he's got ties to it it's like where what did we me and Beatron talk to someone last night that said is his wife from there i think him and his wife met there like it's just one of those jobs like it was like the North Carolina, not to compare Peterson and Roy Williams, but it was like a North Carolina job for Roy. It was just the one job that was always in the back of his mind. I think Peterson 
it was a good opportunity. But it does suck. It's crazy you, to lose like a positions coach and it feel worse than losing your offense coordinator. That was going to be my point because you say that it's, you know, comparing Roy Williams and Peterson is just kind of funny. You wouldn't be able to tell with the Twitter reaction from it. It's like someone died. It's kind of it was, sad. I mean, it's like, bad. He's it is. It's not great. Wise, he's great. Yeah. I'm not. So I mean, it's definitely a big hit. I just, I, I don't know. I'm not mad at him. It's just, it's a huge loss. Uh, he's built some elite relationships here, and he's just landed a bunch of elite recruits, especially the kids in Arizona. Um, they sounds like they're all still fully bought in. So that's huge. Yeah. Deshaun up to 67th ranked player in the class kid that had a chance to go to Ohio state or Michigan, Texas that just played in the college football playoff. That's half the playoff there with Texas and Michigan. So they're landing some studs. It sucks, man. He's a great recruiter. And like I said, he built some really good relationships. So it sucks, but it's, I can't be mad at the guy. Like Rye said, it's dream job scenario. Um, I get the college players, what they tweeted and how Coach Peterson I loved it. was talking about um, just family and loyalty and stuff, but they'll understand one day, I feel like. I know it sucks now, and he probably promised you a lot of things, but. That's yeah. college sports, man. Yeah. They're, the one thing every high school football player and every college football Damn. player needs to know that loyalty does not exist, unless you're Lance Leipold. As long as Michigan doesn't come calling. Oh, they are. No, they're well, hiring. They gotta hire. Yeah, they gotta hire their OC, right? Just please, for the love of you God, think Michigan, so? hire oh, your well. offensive coordinator. Again, I don't even know if Leipold to Michigan is that realistic, but is Leipold to whatever uh, I know, like, yeah. Just, like I don't want to see the dominoes fall over again exactly. because it's just so stressful to so like I wouldn't even thinking about it. And then that Sunday morning we started to see tweets and rumors about I think Allen sent a group like DM or something. That's and why it just on, it was like the most stressful hour of all time. You're just trying to like just oh. do the internal hire and everything will be okay, Michigan. Make I know. the right call. He, went, he deserved it. He beat Ohio State this year. Yeah. He won, I think, four games. They did weird things where they each position coach got a coach a head coaching position game or whatever they did at the beginning of the year when they were playing Hawaii and all these nobodies. Yeah. Uh, but they gotta promote him, right? It would be crazy not to, to not give him at least a year. But I feel like he may have taken a lower level job if he didn't think Michigan was going to come offering. Cause it's, it's not an easy, Oh, he's gone. Uh, it's not an easy situation for like any co like if, if, uh, if they go out and hire, fuck, I don't know. It's obviously not going to be Sarkeesian. That's just the first name that came to my mind. If they went out and hired a guy like Sark, well, he's going to bring in his own staff, and then it's like an OC on the market in the middle of end of January, early February. Like that's a shit situation to be in. So maybe he he's got some promises. I don't know. Yeah, I because everyone else is leaving. It sounds like today Harbaugh's going to LA, and that he's bringing the DC and another position coach. Oh Whoa. shit! I didn't know that. I mean, it's not official. It's just like it's really picking up a lot of steam. He was in LA Cause, today because I kind of thought I maybe. thought Harbaugh may just leave, and then Michigan would just kind of like run it back with their entire staff. Like Harbaugh would just like go no, find NFL guys. No, they're uh, they're losing some dudes. It would sound like, but it didn't mention anything about Shamar Moore, whatever his name is. Um, mm. It didn't say anything about him tagging yeah. along with them. So that's got to be the answer. All right. Well, folks, thanks for listening along as we ramble our thoughts. Uh, that's all I got. Like I said, excited for Saturday. It's it's just 
playing in Ames is always fun. And winning in Ames when you desperately feel like you need a win is even better. So let's go do that. Furf Dog's going for 30. And that is all we got. Rock Chalk, we'll see you guys next week.